Linda van Tilburg for Business. South Africans are firing up their bras, stacking their fridges and getting ready for the World Rugby Cup in France. On social media, we've been fed a constant diet of the Springboks as they get ready to take on the world's rugby titans. Nelson Mandela saw sport and especially rugby as a way to bring South Africans together in 1994. The moment has been immortalized in books and in the movie Invictus. And again, we are pinning our hopes not only on a rugby win for the box, but that it will also lift the gloom of a troubled country. To dive into the psychology of why sport has this ability to unite us and make us feel good about being South Africans, I have Dr. Hreiling Verlun, a sports psychologist from Pretoria in the business studio. Hreiling is a former Springbok canoeist and he won the Berg River Marathon. Hi, Dr. Hreiling, so lovely to speak to you. Hello, Linda. Wonderful to speak to you. So why does it make us feel so good and why does it manage to really lift South African spirit? And we are definitely hoping for it to, to happen again. Yes, there are quite a few reasons why we get this good feeling about about sport in general. But then I can also talk from a South African perspective why we get this particular warm feeling when Sia leads the men onto the, onto the field. I think, for, first of all, it does give us a sense of belonging and a sense of purpose. You know, we seldom watch sport uh, individually. We always say we're going to watch sport. We watch sport with family. So that sense of togetherness, I think, is one aspect of the emotional feeling that feeds us. And I must also just say, you know, sometimes sport gives us uh, moments of ecstasy, but it can also be times of agony. You know, it depends on uh, what's happening on the scoreboard. But it does give us a very strong feeling. There's another aspect to the emotional or the feeling that sport gives us. And I, I think it not only gives us a feeling, but gives us a venue for emotional expression. So to a large extent, we become anonymous in a crowd. You know, we disappear into the crowd and uh, that creates then the opportunity to express emotions. So sometimes with people that are normally, you know, quite introverted, they would become wild and they can shout and scream and so on. And that's quite permissible and even encouraged, you know, that so we can express, we get a feeling, but we can also express the feeling. And then another very important aspect, I think, is just this escape. You know, we have uh, 130 kilogram men but they play rugby and it's that aspect of play we you know we work we love and we play and it is as if we play with them when they play that we escape into that world onto the field i think that's a very important aspect and hopefully that will remain that it, it mustn't become work from a perspective perspective it's, it's the play that i think that matters on a more personal level we identify with the players and we even find identity in them. So if we're older, we become younger, we become vibrant, we can become full of energy or where you're young, you're a girl, you're a boy and you watch the older players and then you become older and you become stronger. So it is that identification with the players that also is part of that feeling. How much is this for all of us harking back to that era when we were called the Rainbow Nation, when Nelson Mandela had this unifying effect that he put on a Springbok jersey? Well, you know, I think our generation, we have such wonderful memories of those moments, not just, uh, you know, when he did put on the journey when 95, but also the inauguration where there was that sense of 
of really the sense of rabbin nation and we have a sense of unity. And I think the current South African team does create that with people that are representative of us, you know, as South Africans. So I think this team, sometimes I've, I've almost think that they carry much more than the World Cup on their shoulders. And that is uh, really representing the, uh, the nation. It looks like it. But if you look at social media and how, you know, the box lining up for a picture and then they wrestling kind of thing. And we all think, oh, that's so nice. How clever is the strategy of the team to do this, to roll out these moments that we can all enjoy long before and to prepare us for what is coming? I think they do, are doing a particularly good job with the build-up. And I like that playfulness that they bring into the build-up. You know, it is very serious business with the World Cup. But I almost get the sense that they purposefully not take it too seriously, that they do remind us that they're going to play in the World Cup, which is, I think is a very good thing. So to see them do that with each other, it's part of the strategy to build um, their own sense of team and, and the psychological unity within their team is just to play with each other. You have coached sportsmen about the weight of expectation. In other words, you practice so long for this, you build it up, you make sure that you don't get injuries. How do they manage the psychological element of a weight of expectation of a whole nation on them? I think they will be coached and they do have psychological coaches that works with the team. The important thing is that you don't internalize too much of the external expectations. So, you know, what the nation, the fans, the uh, even closer to home family members, so the expectations should be internal. And those expectations that they set themselves should be in relation to their form. And then we know that the current Springbok team has pretty is in pretty good form, you know, collectively and individually. So their expectations are high, but their expectations are, I think, would probably be realistic based on their own form. So not external expectations, but what they can do on the field. And then, of course, there's um, it's not just psychological expectations, but the expectations are, you know, converted into actions, so into tactics and into um how they play the game on the field so that it, you know, it becomes tangible. And in that sense, then it wouldn't be overwhelming because it's things that they practice and then they are expected just to go and implement a plan. It's not as if they expect more or different from themselves than what they have been doing and what they have been practicing. Is it more difficult having won the previous one? that everybody is out there to get you. They, they want to topple you from that throne. Would there be a different sense of how you would coach them, what you would say to them? Some newspapers that I've read say that South Africa is better when they are the underdogs, and this time they're not. They're the one that everybody wants to push off the podium. Well, yes, I, I think it depends on are you for the Springboks or are you playing against the Springboks? If you are a Springbok, I think then you would use it to your advantage haven't having won. So then you can get confidence from from that, that we haven't just won it once, we've tried it won it twice. And also the recent performance, we you can get confidence from that and one wants to repeat what you have been doing, what they have been doing on the field. 
and of course, but then there will be the other side, and that's also the psychological game it starts long before they run onto the field. So the opponents would use it and say, you know, they would probably some joking narrative is going to come into the equation, or that we, but like as you said, that they um, they say we better when we when we'd be underdogs. But I think that will be then could even be a strategy from the opponents, you know, that they that they would want to create that narrative. But I don't think so. I think they gain confidence from having won previously. So if you would advise a team like the box before an event like this, social media after a match can be brutal. So-and-so was rubbish. Oh, goodness, he can't kick. You know, you know what would the advice be? Stay away from those comments. Don't read them. What is the psychological advantage or disadvantage from looking at the media and looking at social media? Yes, I think the advantage would be that it's it's motivational and I think really that the Springboks they feel that we are behind them we're supporting them and they can read and they can see it but the negative you know feedback and and um, social media afterwards I think one also can't take it too seriously so they do have their own professional analysis after matches and 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 games where where they would discuss and digest and dissect you know a game and then take that forward into improvements and so on so and i think that kind of feedback they do take seriously but as a professional athlete and sportsman one should learn also whether you read it or not read it is not to take it too seriously so one has to really try and distinguish where does this come from let's look at other sport in the world athletics championship south africa didn't win a single medal how do they come back from that? Yes, yes I must say that uh, athletics performance was uh, quite disappointing this time around. You know, wh- what we do know f- from sport is that winning or losing does not automatically motivate or demotivate. So like winning will, will motivate you and, and losing will demotivate you. It can go either way. So even winning can demotivate people because they've won the gold and now what's next? So there's nothing next. And then or there's nothing more that they can do and then they become demotivated. So it really depends on how you interpret that lose and uh, that win. So there were some uh, you, you know, comments and press after the World Athletics that said um, that some athletes showed real good potential and despite not making a finals and so on, they've really improved on their time. So I think if one can start taking things like that out of the performance and not always measure the performance against the best in the world, but look at in terms of your own improvement, whether it was, you know, you've done a PB or, or close to your PB on a world stage, um, that could be very motivational that you got that uh, right, you know. But the other thing that certain things like the... Um, you know, like the relay team that were um, disqualified there, uh, you know, that was just, uh, I think that's just not having trained enough. It's not as if they weren't good enough. I think they didn't put in enough training for that relay. Yeah. Can we ask you finally, if we look at sports people like Djokovic, where does that absolute drive come from? Is it a certain personality trait or do they develop it as they become more successful? There's part of it that's personality. So kids are, some kids are are competitive from a very early age and and others not so competitive. They maybe have the talent, like for like the technical skills, 
but they're just not that interested in beating the others, other kids. So it's definitely part of it is part of her personality, but somebody likes being in the, on top of the game and it just keeps on winning like uh, Djokovic and the other two, um, you know, Federer and Nadal. I think it's it's just, um, it's almost like it's just this, that's just what they do. They just become so used to winning and performing on a, t- on a top level. And that can happen, you know, in business or in other aspects of life, in the actors and so on. So they professionally, they always give their best and then their best is better than the rest. So the winning drives them. But I think it is just to perform at their highest level that they can do. They become used to do, used to that. You know, every time that they go onto the court or the field, that's just what they do. They perform at their best level. Well, people often ask me, you South Africans are good sports people. Why is that? Is it the outdoors thing? Well, I think it's outdoors, but I think it's also better in the genes, you know. I think if you, all the all the different cultures in South Africa, there's something in the genetic makeup of, of South Africans it's, that's uh, good in, in sport. And I think for sure the outdoor, outdoors has a, has a lot to do with it. I sometimes can't imagine living in a in some of the European or other colder climates and you have to go and play outdoors, you know, whether it's football or rugby and, uh, but here we can, you know, for 10 months of the year, you can play outdoors. So Fred and Fulian, thank you so much. And we hope that we get a book win. Oh, that will be wonderful. Thank you, Linda. Nice talking to you. (laughs) 